Welcome to the Women Living Well After 50 podcast. I'm Sulon Carrick and I'm passionate about inspiring, motivating, supporting and informing women over 50 to embrace this exciting time of life. Health and wellness in mind, body and spirit are the foundations for living well, but there is so much more to a life well lived. Each week through conversations with my guests, I'll be presenting topics that will help us all to live well and enjoy life. So join me as we discover new ways to become women living well after 50. Are you ready to start living? What are you waiting for? Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Conversations with Women Living Well After 50. Today's topic is something that many women uh, experience in life, especially after childbirth and as we age, but it's a topic that we're reluctant or embarrassed to discuss. So I want to put the spotlight on this topic today because there are ways that we can relieve symptoms and improve our, our quality of life. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about a weak pelvic floor and that includes urinary incontinence and pelvic prolapse. Um, it's a situation where we might be going out and about and we, we find ourselves looking for a bathroom. We end up saying, I won't bother going anywhere because I'm just feeling uncomfortable. So I'm delighted today to introduce my guest, Alison Jeffrey, Director and Principal Physiotherapist from Chevron Island Physio. We're going to be discussing this topic today and Alison and her team have a passion and focus on women's health, promoting and supporting optimal well-being at any stage of a woman's life. She's undergone extensive postgraduate uh, studies in the areas of pelvic floor rehabilitation, such as urinary incontinence and pelvic organ prolapse. She's also studied exercise during pregnancy, the postnatal period and the postmenopausal period and management of pregnancy related pelvic pain, pelvic floor pain and pain with intercourse. Alison believes in a holistic approach and care for her patients. She believes mindset, movement and nutrition play a huge role in healing and she loves to work alongside other health professionals who share that passion in supporting women and their health. So let's go and join the conversation. Well, welcome Alison and it's lovely to have you join me today in conversation. Thank you very much for having me, Sue. I'm really looking forward to, to chatting with you today. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to be on your podcast. Yes, and it's a, we're going to be talking about a topic that many women, I think, still feel a bit embarrassed about or they're reluctant to address. And so I'm hoping today that you'll be able to give us some tips and advice on, on what we need to do um, to improve our, you know, our pelvic floor area. So firstly, I wanted to start off with something very basic and ask you to explain exactly what the pelvic floor is. Okay, um, so the pelvic floor muscles, um, they run like a sling from the front of the pubic bone and they wrap all the way underneath our legs to attach onto the tailbone at the back. Um, you know, men and women both have pelvic floors. I think a lot of the time, um, everyone thinks that pelvic floor relates pelvic floor more to the female anatomy, but definitely yeah. male have a pelvic floor 
Um, and so our pelvic floor is there to work. Um, it helps to control our bladder and our bowel. And also for women, it helps to keep our uterus um, inside there as well. Um, so, you know, it works for continence, but also works for pelvic stability, um, works with our core muscles too, or is part of our core muscles. And um, yeah, we can, we can definitely, um, you know, improve that over time or um, it can be affected over time depending on different things that happen in our lives. Mm, mm. And um, I mean, that's interesting because I'm not sure many people would realise exactly, you know, we, we all know about the pelvic floor, but we, we don't really know exactly the extent of, of what it relates to. So that's good for you to actually explain it that way and also that men have it as well. So um, what I did want to ask you about too is a lot of women who have a weak pelvic floor, you know, they'll jump and they'll, they might, you know, not feel comfortable or whatever. So they don't want to exercise. And I just wanted to um, ask you, you know, many women ask the question, can I still exercise if I have pelvic floor issues? So what, yeah. what, you know, can we, and do we have to do modifications or how do we approach exercise? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really great question um, that a lot of women um, will, will ask. I find a lot of the time uh, women don't really know or think about their pelvic floor until it becomes problematic. Mm. Um, and that start to seek help um, for those sides of things. And when it comes to exercise, absolutely. Um, you know, exercise has so many benefits, both for, you know, uh, prevention of chronic health conditions, but also for mental health. And, um, you know, we work every possible way we can to get women back into exercise. Um, it just depends on the condition of pelvic floor, what level we start at, um, and we progress from there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've heard of, you know, you can actually use some pelvic floor exercises and no one knows that you're doing them. <laughs> like you could be sitting in your car and that sort of thing. So, are they the sort of things that you start with or, or if someone comes in with a, with an issue, how, what, how do you go about getting them back into exercising and strengthening yeah. up that pelvic floor area? Another great question. So, you know, similar to as if someone's come in for a personal training session, um, everyone's strength and condition is different. So our baseline or our starting exercises would depend on the assessment that we do. Uh, so when women come in to see us, we do a full assessment, internal examination of, of the pelvic floor, and we check um, the condition, the strength, endurance, coordination. We also check, um, check for prolapse and position of organs and that side of thing. So it would depend what we find in those situations on where we would begin. Yeah. Um, you know, some women may come in, they may have had really traumatic births, they may have um, lots of damage in the pelvic floor, and they may not be able to do a contraction at all. Um, so for those women, we may start with um, some biofeedback or some electrical stimulation. So we've got um, different devices that we can use to try and wake those muscles up. Um, and then, you know, you'll have ladies that come in that have a contraction of the pelvic floor, but it's weak. So mm -hmm. we can with doing strengthening um, without gravity affecting that. So in lying positions um, until we get a good strength built up there to make sure that the contraction is correct, because it's very easy for ladies, uh, particularly when they're weak and they're used to um, 
that, that or they haven't learned to use the pelvic floor correctly before as they use the wrong muscles. Um, so then they start to strengthen the wrong things, which isn't going to help with their problem. Um, so yeah, we start often in a lying position for those ladies and then we progress um, as their strength improves and their coordination improves to more functional positions like you're sitting that you can then do driving, um, standing, squatting, lunging, um, getting them to do the pelvic floor strengthening exercises while they're at the gym and those sides of things. Mm. Um, it absolutely depends on the person's presentation. Initially, there's no one size fits all with pelvic floor. Um, it's very specific to the individual. Mm. And that's probably a good reason to seek help from a professional first to um, just diagnose the level and then to also be able to give you a program that's going to work for you and, and help you um, strengthen up in that area. Absolutely. Um, because, you know, there's also uh, presentations of women that come in that have an overactive or a tight pelvic floor. Mm. Um, so, you know, a lot of the time we get Dr. Google out and, you know, ladies are Googling pelvic floor strengthening and yes, they might be leaking with coughing and sneezing, but it may actually be that their pelvic floor is too tight. Um, and this can happen in postmenopausal ladies as well. Um, you know, it doesn't just tight pelvic floor doesn't always have to go with younger women um, mm. and tight doesn't necessarily mean good um, because once your muscle is too tight it can't contract correctly so actually in these cases um, ladies that go home and do heaps of pelvic floor strengthening on a tight overactive pelvic floor can make their situation worse mm. um, because you would think that you would just need to strengthen but that doesn't always fix the problem um, which is why we always make sure that women are correctly assessed and diagnosed before we start any program with them. Yeah, yeah, just so important because, as you say, everyone, I've done it myself, you get onto Dr Google and um, you think you can do it yourself, but you could be doing more harm than good. So it's better to just get a professional uh, advice and, and then you're on the right track. So I've heard of pelvic organ prolapse. In fact, I think my mother, she's passed away many years ago, but I sort of have a, a memory that she suffered with that. I didn't really know what it was. So um, I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that, what it is, can it be rectified? And yeah, what can we do about it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's quite a common presentation, actually. You know, up to 50% of women can have a um, degree of prolapse and some of them may not even know they have it. Um, so pelvic organ prolapse basically is talking about the descent or movement of pelvic organs. So the bladder, bowel and or uterus. So it can be one or all three of the organs um, dropping down, <clears throat> sorry, into the vagina or through the vagina. Um, and creating that heaviness and an uncomfortable feeling in that opening. Um, you know, it, it's very common to happen after um, vaginal deliveries, particularly where forceps is involved mm -hmm. um, with traumatic births, big babies, long um, second stage of labour. Um, and yes, we can definitely do things to help prevent progression of that, um, but also to improve symptoms. Um, 
I definitely know you hear a lot about women saying, you know, oh, prolapse, we have to go and get surgery straight away. Well, I would look at that as a last resort for mm. treatment. Mm. Many things to do um, to help with symptoms prior to even going down that track as well. Mm. Yes, I was going to ask about that because um, I've known uh, women who've had surgery, but um, obviously... With any sort of surgery, there's risks involved, isn't there? So you sort of want to keep that as a last resort. And if there's things that you can do to avoid that and solve the issue, well, that's even even better. Um, but would you suggest that if a woman is feeling um, any sort of symptoms or that, does she go to her GP or is it just, um, does she get a referral to someone like yourself that's a physiotherapist? How does it normally work yeah so with um with women's health physios we are actually considered as a first contact practitioner um okay. these days you don't have to get a referral from your gp um you can come straight to us and we do a thorough assessment and diagnosis at that stage um, if we found that you had a significant prolapse that we were concerned about we would then refer you um, on to a specialist for review of that um, but I have heard a lot of specialists these days, um, obstetricians and, and gynecologists, uh, actually getting women to see physios first before intervening with them at all because a lot of the time the strengthening or the interventions that we um, can help with will actually help to improve the situation before they need to even go down that track with the, with the specialist. Yeah. And, um, there's a lot of evidence to show, you know, the surgery has a high failure rate too. So, um, mm. you know, try the conservative treatment first. And there's many things that we can do for prolapse, um, including, you know, strengthening is a great thing, but we use pessaries, which we can talk about today as well. Yeah. Um, which help to support those organs and give you that um, added support that the connective tissue that might be damaged is no longer able to do. Oh, okay. So, so how does that work? You know, if we could talk a little bit about that, because I've not, not heard about that sort of treatment. Absolutely. So, um, pessaries are becoming more common to be used, and physios or women's health trained physios can fit um, a pessary. Um, traditionally, they were um, only fitted with um, gynaecologists, but we're now trained in fitting them as well. Um, and what they are basically is a silicon device um, that goes into the vagina. They come in many shapes and sizes, depending on the shape and the size of the lady's anatomy. And we specifically fit them and measure um, to uh, support those organs. And um, it can often provide a lot of support and uh, reduction in symptoms for ladies. And, you know, they're happy to just have them in all the time. Mm. And um, I would think that it would have a bit of an impact on a, a sexual relationship, having a, a, pro a prolapse. Is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it can. And it depends what is prolapsing. Um, sometimes prolapse, I think for a lady is, you know, they get quite uncomfortable and they worry about the appearance of it and that side of things. Um, again, it depends on the level of the prolapse and how much... Um, the organs are actually descending through the vagina. Um, sometimes you can get pain with prolapse depending on what is descending into the vagina as well. Um, again, it's a very individual um, kind of outcome with that. 
but more often than not women are definitely still able to be sexually active and very normal mm. um yeah i just women, i was well, probably thinking they feel a bit you know if, if it has if it's extended quite as if you know low um i suppose they would feel a little bit embarrassed but it, it doesn't mean that you can't have a, a still maintain your sexual relationship um no i got that yeah okay well that, well that was you know interesting to hear because i hadn't really i didn't really know about it much and and that's what i love about this um show is that we can share uh knowledge with women and just talk about things that perhaps they're a bit embarrassed to ask about and let's just put it out there so um so that's really good but we've touched a little bit on about improving our pelvic floor strength so you know we can do it um so are there any tips that we haven't covered i've still got a couple more questions but around the area of strengthening the pelvic floor um what do you think the first thing is to to perhaps just go and and see someone like yourself and, and have a consultation absolutely i think correct assessment and diagnosis is absolutely essential to get the um, appropriate treatment uh, um, program for the individual to get the best results mm. um, i'm pretty reluctant to give like a one size fits all model yeah. because isn't one and you you know you can do some strengthening at home once you've got a really good program um, it's very easy to continue with but I think to get really good results a proper assessment um, at the beginning is is really great yeah yeah and um, what about pelvic pain can we we have a little bit of a talk about that um, absolutely I, I feel like pelvic pain is probably even more of a taboo topic that ladies don't like to talk about because it often interferes with sexual activity mm. and then people are uncomfortable about talking about that side of things. But yeah, it's not uncommon. Um, pelvic pain can have a big impact on, you know, relationships as well. So um, again, another area that if treated correctly and diagnosed correctly, we can make big changes in that area um, because once you um, you know work out the cause of the pain then you can get a solution to you know get that proper treatment plan in place as well mm -hmm. and um, you know do you have any other sort of um, thoughts on women who are experiencing this I think for me what I what I'm taking out of today is that one we need to be informed and to be open to discuss the the issue but in finding that information is to actually go to a professional and to discuss the, your your own personal situation with them would you agree with that absolutely and to just know that you know the you know pelvic floor weakness pelvic floor overactivity pelvic floor pain um, issues with intercourse symptoms of prolapse all of these things can be improved if mm, you work mm, mm. Um, and, I'm, and i mean women over 50 we're still sexually active um yeah. and when you know there's no reason for us not to enjoy a healthy sexual relationship so 
Uh, but sometimes I think these issues are stopping us from enjoying that. And uh, so I think that um, what you're saying today is that we don't have to put up with any of these sort of issues. It, you know, we can, there are varying degrees of um, treatment for it. Okay, perhaps, for example, with the prolapse or that maybe surgery as a final result, but there is something we can do if we just overcome that feeling of embarrassment and, uh, you know, uh, come and see someone like yourself. Yeah, and I feel like, um, you know, generations are speaking more about pelvic floor issues now as well. Um, and, you know, I've had ladies in their 70s come and see me with, um, with stress incontinence and with prolapse. And, you know, they haven't been told all these years that they've been dealing with, um, you know, leaking, they've been wearing pads and they come in and they've had a couple of sessions with me and I'm not going to say everyone gets results like this so quickly, yeah. but they have a couple of sessions and they are not leaking anymore and they're almost angry that no one's ever suggested it to them that they could have got help earlier and they've been dealing with this for a long time. So there is never a time where you can't make some improvements um, and I think it's never too late to start the same as, you know, if you want to be a runner and you one day decide we're going to start running. Yes, you have to start with walking and interval training and that side of things, but you can get there. Um, it just takes time and maybe your way of getting there is different to your friends, but that doesn't mean you can't get to the same goal in the end. So, mm -hmm. and, and always it's, yeah, no, there is always a way and you're never too old. And I think that the unfortunate part is that um, people put up with things and they're not aware. And that's what I'm hoping to do from today's conversation is to just give people a, a, a bit more insight into uh, the pelvic floor issues that we can face and the fact that we can do something about it. And there are, are you know, women like yourself who provide a caring environment, I suppose, as well women to come and, and approach you um, with that issue because uh, you know it, it is an intimate part of your body isn't it so um, you need that nice caring environment I suppose where you feel comfortable um, now before we finish up today I wanted to ask you a question well firstly do you have any other um, we've, we've really covered quite a bit today but do you have any other uh, pieces of advice that you would like to to share with the the listeners today I guess my biggest thing is just listen to your body if something doesn't feel right then you know definitely seek help for that and there are heaps of professionals in all different areas of your health that you can you know improve your quality of life with um, it's never too late to start and yes, you may start with a lower baseline than some of your other friends, but that doesn't mean you can't get to the goals of feeling great and energised and comfortable in your body um, at any stage. So yeah, we, and, we can help. Yeah, and start enjoying life again rather than putting up with um, situations where you just, you, yeah, where it's interfering with your quality of life and living and, and you don't, you know, I know there's women that say, oh, I don't want to go on a long bus trip or I don't want to go here or there in case there's no toilet and I, you know, or they've got to wear pads or things like that. So there's lots of um, ways that they put up with the situation, but 
we can do something about it. And uh, you've provided some great advice today. So finally, before I, we leave, uh, I want to ask a question of you that I ask all of my guests. And that's, what does being a woman living well mean to you? A woman living well to me means um, waking up, looking forward to your day, feeling great, feeling energised, smiling a lot um, and doing the things that you love with the people that you love in the way that you um, want to live your life. That's perfect. And, and you, don't, you can do that at any age, can't you? And, uh, and that, that's really the key to it all, isn't it? So, look, I wanted to thank you for joining me today. And I'd ask the listeners, I'll be putting in the, um, the show notes, the links to Alison's uh, website and other information that she's talked to you about today. But I also um, believe that you have an offer for the listeners um, in the area um, Alison, did you want to tell us a bit about that before we finish? Absolutely. So we, um, I have a great team of women's health physios. Um, we're on the Gold Coast on Chevron Island. Um, and we would love to offer all Sue's listeners a 25% off their initial consultation with us um, to help get you started on your health journey. And um, hopefully we can get you back to feeling, you know, 100%, um, get you back to doing what you love and, stop um avoiding all those little things that you know you're afraid of will get you back to doing you know feeling good and enjoying life so we'll pop all that information in the show notes and if you've enjoyed today's uh, conversation don't forget to um, subscribe to the uh, channel so that you never miss a conversation. And if you think that there's a woman out there that can benefit from this topic today, and I'm sure there is, please feel free to share and uh, to leave a review. So thanks for joining us. Uh, I look forward to you joining me for our next conversation. And in the meantime, remember to embrace life and to enjoy life every day. Bye for now.